0: to the Horror Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Horror Geek Mel, and with me is my co-host,
1: Justin Corbett.
0: And for those of you who don't know, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com, where a site that covers all things horror, geek, and gaming.
1: And I'm a writer at HorrorGeekLife.com, as well as a contributing editor.
0: So over the last week, we had a lot of film and gaming news, um, so let's go ahead and start with the film news.
1: Okay, so the first piece of film news for the week is that Carla Urban is in talks to star in Judge dread Megacity 1 which is supposed to be a TV series based in the Judge Dredd universe. The only things we really know about it is that Jason Kingsley has been confirmed as a producer, and he says the show will take us into the wider world of Mega City One. I'm pretty excited for this. I really enjoyed Carl Urban as Judge Dredd in the more recent version of the movie.
0: Yeah, I did too. I absolutely loved it. Um, I like the original film well enough. You know, it's kind of, it's really hokey, very cheesy over the top. But this film, I absolutely loved it. And so when I heard about the TV series, uh, Carl Urban wasn't originally, of course, um, attached to it. But he loves the character. And so I think everybody was kind of hoping. So this is great news.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really good. Carl Urban was a, a choice that I thought was, could go either way when I first heard about him being cast for the role. Uh, but he really surprised me and did a great job. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the classic one, too. I mean, you can't get much better than Stallone's I Am the Law. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually, you know, we're going to talk about remakes um, here in a second, but I actually preferred this one over the original.
1: I did too. But I mean, the other one holds a special place in my heart, you know?
0: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Good news for sure. Uh,
1: moving on, our next piece of news is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is planning to star in Terminator 6. <laughs> uh, anybody who knows me knows that Terminator is my favorite franchise of all time. Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time. I love Arnold. I'm really excited for this. Even though Genesis was just kind of okay, I really have high hopes for this one. Uh, The plan for this movie is to explore how the T-800 came to be about and why so many of the Terminators had Arnold's face.
0: So I know he wants to do a trilogy. It's going to be fun to see. I'm a pretty big fan of the the franchise. I've seen T2 probably more than any other Terminator film ever. Um, I love the film. I used to watch it on repeat almost growing up. I actually did like Genesis a lot more than most people, I think, but I'm excited for this. I just hope that it's not too much.
1: I hope it's not another Terminator three, you know, as long as Terminator it, Three was awful, as long as it's closer to two or closer to Genesis, I think we'll be okay.
0: I hope so too. Yeah. Terminator three is probably the only film in the whole franchise that I haven't watched a second time.
1: Same here. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: just, <laughs> there's was no reason just to. not good. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun though. Um, yeah, so we also had a lot of gaming news. We actually had a couple of news pe- pieces come our way that were about games doing good things for charity. So I wanted to take a second to highlight both of these because it's always a good thing when you get to play an awesome game and you get to support charity.
1: Yeah, of course. So, I mean, there's, there's so much yeah. bad stuff going on in the world. Anything good is worth talking about.
0: Amen. Definitely. So first up is Dead by Daylight. They have a new DLC pack out that's called Charity Case that is available on Humble Bubble and Steam, meaning it's PC only. But if you do play Dead by Daylight on PC, you can pick this up. There are 26 new clothing items and cosmetic items made from streamers, YouTubers, other types of broadcasters that play Dead by Daylight. So if you have a favorite broadcaster that you watch play the game, then you can probably pick up some of their clothes for your uh, killers and survivors to wear. All of the profits go towards the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. So that's, cool. that's a really great cause. Yeah, that's really cool. And then the second game I want to talk about is The Town of Light. Right now, until the September 6th, they have a promo where 25% of their digital sales are going to help fund mental health charities. It's a really good tie in for this game because the game focuses on Renee, a 16 year old who suffers from the symptoms of mental illness. Oh, well, that's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. Not, so, the, not the
1: mental illness, but the, the charity work. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> No, definitely not. Um, Yeah, so it's a great cause. Um, You can get the digital games on PlayStation, Xbox, Humble Bumble, Steam, Games Planet, and Green Man Gaming. And Games Planet is actually taking it a step up where they're going to donate 100% of their sales from the game to the mental health charities. So that's a really great thing to do. Yeah, it's very generous of them. Nice. I actually saw this game on Xbox uh, the other day before knowing about this promo that they're running. Mm-hmm. And it looked really good. And so I had put it on my my mental list that I want to pick that up. So this is just kind of more of a an incentive to get it by the 6th. I'll
1: have to check it out too. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to this week's uh, strange and unusual news, as we always do and uh, we have my favorite th- i know everybody's favorite uh, <laughs> we have three more bizarre stories we can talk about and i'll let you pick which one we're going to talk about first okay. uh, we've got anti-pervert flamethrowers are for sale in china <laughs> we've got that a man in scotland attempts to rob back-to-back stores and is beaten with a mop both times and then the last one is simply is this woman a fish
0: <laughs> i'm going to take is this woman a fish okay because i have to know
1: So the actual title for this article is, Is This Naked Woman Legally a Fish After Biting a Fishing Line in Half and Swimming Away with the Lure? Uh, St. John's County deputies arrested a woman after she bit a man's fishing line and swam off with his lure, according to police report. A fisherman told deputies that 22-year-old Alexandria Turner appeared to be intoxicated when she swam up to his fishing line and cursed him out. She bit the line and swam away with the rigging, according to the police report, and she refused to let deputies handcuff her and screamed, I'm expletive naked, several times the report said.
0: What would that do to your mouth? I mean, did it say that it messed up her mouth? I mean, I cannot imagine putting that in my mouth. That's what she said.
1: This article is very amusing. Uh, There's a picture of the woman, first of all, and she has kind of pouty lips like a fish.
0: Um, (laughs) You know, here's the thing about some of these articles. You hear that the person's intoxicated. And they make really, really horrible decisions like to get in the water naked and still fishing lures, I guess. I've been drunk a couple of times in my life, that really? I'll admit to. Really? <laughs> a few. I have never even come close to that. I I don't understand the level that you have to get to before your clothes are off, you're in the water, and you're acting like a fish. I I just don't know.
1: <laughs> I think you have to have some kind of mental disability and add alcohol on top of it to get to that point.
0: Maybe. You
1: know, or, or it's or it's a dare. It's like a stupid kids thing where they're just like, you know, we're young and we don't care and whatever. But I mean. But she's not young, right? She's 22. So I'm just kind of okay. young. Yeah. <laughs> For me, at least. I'm
0: I'm old, but. <laughs> we're the same age, so please don't say that. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I've just never been there. In all of my couple of times of ever getting drunk. I've just never been to that level. I don't drink, so I've never been to that level. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's hear about anti-pervert.
1: Anti-pervert flamethrowers are now for sale in China. Uh, It's a flamethrower that can hurl a stream of fire half a meter long, and it's being marketed in China to help women fend off unwanted advances. The device is being billed on shopping websites as a must-have anti-pervert weapon that can be discreetly carried in ladies' handbags. Some are shaped like a cigarette lighter and emit small flames, while others will hurl fire for 50 centimeters with temperatures of up to 1,800 degrees Celsius or 3,300 degrees Fahrenheit. One vendor who sells these things even boasted that they can scald or possibly even disfigure an attacker. Another one told the Beijing Youth Daily that they can leave a permanent scar, but they're totally legal and a non-lethal tool. They're not meant to be used as a weapon. Chinese police have warned that the devices are against the law, but they were still being sold on the Chinese internet on Tuesday. Uh, Flames and the super high temperatures are enough to scare the bad guys away, said one website, which added that the flames can last for 30 minutes. At that crucial moment, you could also become an anti-terror SWAT, said another. (laughs) It's unclear when the devices were first being sold in China, though, and they had become very popular when concern over sexual harassment peaks at the start of summer, with some stores selling up to 300 a month. They have an image of one of them, and it sort of looks like a mini lightsaber, which is kind of cool.
0: You know, didn't last week on the podcast, didn't we talk about a restaurant in China that gives you discounts based on how big your boobs are? Yes, we did. I mean, maybe this isn't a bad thing. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of lecherous old
1: Chinese men running around. What
0: is going on in China? Like, for
1: real? (laughs) I mean, they make more kids than anybody else. So maybe people need this.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's kind of cool. I want to see one. I think I'm going to look up a video later. There has to be YouTube somewhere. Yeah, if I'm sure there,
1: I'm sure there is. I mean, in America, like everybody has pepper spray, you know. But I mean, pulling out a little pink pepper spray thing may not deter whoever's coming after you. But if you whip out something that's going to shoot flame in their face. A lightsaber. Yeah, I mean that's a whole different ballgame.
0: I've always wanted a lightsaber my whole life.
1: <laughs> so have I, I think I think anybody from our generation that loves Star Wars does. Yes,
0: but that's pretty cool. Very, and like I said, I think they need it. Too many weird reports coming from China.
1: Yeah. So moving on to the last story. Scottish man tries to rob a store, gets beaten with mop, tries to rob another store, gets beaten with mop again.
0: (laughs) Is that common?
1: A robber carrying a knife was beaten with mops in two consecutive raids as he was trying to loot off licenses. Stephen Hogan, 49, has been jailed for five years after he admitted robbing three branches of the store with a knife in April 2017. After being hit with a mop as he fled from one shop, making away with about 37 pounds from the till... Hogan was mopped out of another branch of the franchise the following day by a shop assistant after he stole two bottles of alcohol. On a third occasion, he admitted escaping with a quantity of cigarettes and alcohol. He was sentenced to five years in jail, and uh, apparently there's video footage of this. <laughs> but uh, it's not available on the website, unfortunately. Oh, man. Um, but it is kind of great because they they outline his entire story with Drunken Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> And there's like a picture where it says he got drunk, probably. He ran out of booze, allegedly. He hopped on his tractor, most likely. He got a knife, definitely. Went to the liquor store and was beaten with a mop. <laughs> and they're great images. It really like sells the, the story. So you can look this oh, one man. up. Oh, <laughs>
0: man. Yeah. So I, I don't know how big of a deterrent that is. I mean, we're from Texas, you and I. So deterrent here is a little bit different than uh, abroad, <laughs> I think.
1: Definitely. Now You'll just get a packing. shot. You'll just get a shot in Texas. Like a exactly. mop is not nearly enough.
0: Exactly. And I
1: don't know what so. they're going to do to you in China. They're going to break out a lightsaber and take you out or something. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, if you want to rob someplace, England is, seems to be the place to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, apparently. And it does, like I said, doesn't sound like a great deterrent because what happened? <laughs> yeah. On to the next place.
1: Well, that does it for strange and unusual news.
0: Awesome. Well, our main topic this week, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is horror remakes. Uh, the best and the worst. Okay, so let's start with the best horror remakes. And I know, Justin, we don't agree on all of these. Um, and we we kind of each have a few on the best list that the other thinks shouldn't be there. And uh, a few on the worst list that maybe the other one thinks shouldn't be there. So we'll see. Okay, well, let's talk about them. Okay, so first up, Hills Have Eyes.
1: I think we both agree that this one deserves to be on the best remix list.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you know, I actually revisited the 1977 um, Hills Have Eyes on Shudder a few weeks ago. And I still love it. I mean, it's still pretty brutal. It's raw. Um, especially, I, I can't imagine, whenever I watch these kind of films, especially... Uh, before the 1980s I try to imagine what it was like to sit there and watch this because it's not like now where we're kind of desensitized to these films and so I think Hills of Eyes would have been one that just would have really traumatized me if I would have seen it in 1977 but it's still a great film of course you know Wes Craven and it kind of uh, started off that hillbilly inbred type of subgenre I think um, which is still pretty popular today so with that being said, and having a lot of love for the original, I still have to say that the remake is better. It brings the brutality, and it also still has that rawness that I think we felt back in the 1977 version. And for a remake to actually be able to pull off that type of uh, shock value still, I think, is a lot to be said.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's a brutal film. The rawness, as you like to call it, is definitely still there, probably stronger and definitely more modern-looking than it was in the original. I love it. You know, I love both versions. So I'm, I'm very happy to have that on this list.
0: Absolutely. I have to say the breastfeeding scene. <laughs> oh God, yes. I can barely get through it. It's rough. I mean, it, it's rough. it is. Yeah. It really is like the, one of the most uncomfortable scenes to sit through. I think let's move on to the next movie, uh,
1: Dawn of the dead. And, uh, I think we're both big fans of the original, um, yes. Romero, you know, he's a master at his craft, and this is one of his best movies. The remake, I think we have divergent opinions on. Uh, you, you're a big fan of it, and I'm not.
0: I don't see how. I, I mean, okay, so Dawn of the Dead, I remember seeing, I, I believe, the first 10 minutes of the film. They So they showed it on TV. And I remember sitting in my apartment at the time and they said, Hey, we have a preview for uh, the upcoming Dawn of the Dead before I was out in theaters. And I watched the first 10 minutes or so that they showed. And I mean, I was terrified. I couldn't wait. I think I went opening night. I was absolutely terrified by what I saw in the opening. And I think it has a few weak spots compared to the original, but I just think it really holds up as, as a remake.
1: My feeling is that the first half of the movie is excellent. The second half of the movie, everything that takes place after they arrive at the mall was extremely underwhelming. The characters that had proven themselves to be smart and capable up until that point, all of a sudden were making stupid, bumbling decisions. And it just didn't, it didn't feel correct to me. It felt forced, like they were trying to get to the end of the movie. The second half just it, it ruins it for me. That's what it is.
0: I think from the second half, the scene that I kind of had the biggest issue with was the baby scene. Yeah. And you know what's coming. You know what's what's about to happen. And it just kind of strung it along a little bit for the shock value. And that scene, I just really didn't enjoy rather than if it just would have been, oh, my God, this is happening, kind of uh, thrown at you a little bit. But instead, we're like building up to it like, okay, we know. Show us the, the zombie baby. <laughs> and so – Um, that was the main issue I think I had with it, but I really loved the characters
1: overall and the characters were good. They just weren't consistent. Like they were good in the first half of the movie. And then all of a sudden they like forgot what they were doing. At least that's how it's always appeared to me when I watched the film.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So the next one on the list is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have an admission. I've never seen the the remake. Have you seen the original? I've
1: seen the original. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I couldn't call myself a horror fan if I hadn't seen the original.
0: (laughs) This is true. Um, okay, so I have a confession. I am not a huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. It is just not a franchise that excites me. However, with that being said, I do love the original. I love the first one. I don't love any of the of the films that came after the first one until we had the remake in 2003. And I went to the theater to see the remake in 2003. I went on a date and um, and I loved it. I loved it so much. And I remember expecting to not enjoy it because I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, but I did. I loved it.
1: It had a great soundtrack, uh, even though I've never actually seen it, (laughs) I I did have the album.
0: Um, how did that work? How, (laughs) Uh,
1: there was a bunch of bands that I was a fan of that had released, uh, songs that were not available anywhere else on that album. So I picked it up. Um, you know, I'm
0: not really into, uh, Jessica Biel that much as an actress, She's not someone that I uh, go out of my way to see in film, but I really liked her in this. And, um, of course, you know, there's the classic scene of her in a wet uh, white wife beater that everyone loved. <laughs> my date loved <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it, it's a really good film. And it was brutal. It really was. And the acting was great. I loved it. I need to watch it. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You really do need to start a list because there's so many on this "quote unquote" list that uh, I think you're going to lose track.
1: Oh, uh, it's just because I'm I'm so busy. I mean, I'm always doing stuff, but uh, (laughs) these are movies that you know I need to watch at some point. So I I will make a list and I will start going through it as soon as I can.
0: Definitely. And you know they are making another um, film in the franchise, Leatherface, which is going to be a prequel. We've covered it quite a bit on Horror Geek Life, and it's going to show us how. Leatherface came to be pretty much and uh, the early days of the family. The trailer looks pretty solid. It really does. I had some friends who have already seen it and they said it's brutal. It's pretty good. um, It's kind of what you expect, you know, from the film, but they're also big fans of the franchise. So I'm not sure how I'm going to enjoy it. We'll see.
1: One of those things you have to decide for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And the last one on the uh, best list that we have on here is Evil Dead.
1: You know me, you know I love anything Lovecraftian, and uh, mm-hmm. Evil Dead is among my favorite movies of all time. I like the remake quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I did too. I didn't expect to.
1: I really didn't expect to because the I remember when I first saw the trailer, it was so different looking, and I just I was not sure I was going to like it, but I did, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's one of those few times that it actually worked out that way.
0: There were some really shocking scenes, um, and they used a ton of blood. And, of course, you know, it goes in a totally different direction than the first because the first is, even though it's more serious than the second, the first is still, you know, pretty hokey. And this one actually tried to be more serious, I guess. And uh, that's what I thought was going to throw me off. But I ended up enjoying it.
1: Same here. That tree scene? The tree scene. Yeah, I was about to mention that.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I think every female in the theater crossed their legs. (laughs)
1: And I love that uh, that's still even being referenced because, I mean, Ash vs. Evil Dead brought the tree back right? in the most recent season. And I was just like, right. holy shit, it's the tree.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I thought it was, it, you know, that one, it did get a lot of hate. It still continues to get a lot of hate um, because it's so different than the original. But honestly, I think if the remake would have gone the same way as the original, I wouldn't have liked it.
1: Yeah, that's true. It would have been hard to maintain the same level of, like, Campiness and uh, the awesomeness that was <laughs> the original mm-hmm. Evil Dead. Yeah.
0: So since you're a big fan, I have to ask: Have you been to Evil Dead the musical? I have not. No. Oh my god! It was an experience.
1: <laughs> I bet it was. Uh, it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, it. You know, it had really, really great music, and it was super funny. I mean, just hilarious. And uh, I was really excited to be able to go see it uh, when it came here in town. And I wore a white shirt to the musical and um, I actually paid extra to be in the splatter zone. I didn't really know what to expect though because I've never seen it on YouTube or anything like that. And so whenever I sat in the splatter zone um, I thought, okay, maybe they'll give you, you know, like um, like the tarps that you get, like at SeaWorld
1: a sea pon- a little poncho zone. or something.
0: Yes, they don't. <laughs> 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 so I had demons uh, with super soakers filled with blood just hosing me down i mean they're right in front of me and they're looking right at me i'm not from far away at all they're right in front of me and they're just hosing me down um i walked out my ankles were covered my feet my legs my shirt my hair everything it was amazing and i kept hoping i wouldn't get pulled over on the way home because i don't know what (laughs) i would have said (laughs) i was in the splatter zone at evil dead the musical (laughs) i I just came from a musical that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) But it, it is amazing, and I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, I actually want to get the soundtrack because the song stayed in my head forever. So
1: I'll have to see if I can find it. Add it to your list. Add it to my <laughs> list, exactly.
0: Um, okay, so moving on to the worst. The first one on the list, I, and this one's not even the worst I think on the list, but it was pretty bad. Is the fog? Uh, I I like the original, mm-hmm.
1: you know, but I've never seen the remake.
0: Okay, this is just a lesson that you do not remake John Carpenter because John Carpenter films stand up even three decades later. And it was just not needed. Not only was it not needed because the first, the fog I think is pretty terrifying. Um, I, it's one that I watch just kind of as background noise a lot whenever I'm working and things like that, but it was awful. (laughs) It was fucking awful. (laughs) There were not really any redeeming qualities about it. So
1: I hate when that happens.
0: I do too. But again, don't remake John Carpenter. Uh,
1: so the next movie is Poltergeist, which, uh, I think we're both tremendous fans of the original.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one that I can still watch over and over today. Um, actually the whole franchise. I love the, the trilogy, but, Mm -hmm. um, that remake, I, I left the theater mad. I actually wanted to leave the theater halfway through. Um, but I made myself stick it out because I was reviewing it. um, if I wasn't reviewing it, I probably would have walked out.
1: This is one that I intended to see uh, because I am such a big fan of the original Poltergeist series. And uh, I was planning to go and see it. But then all the reviews just kept saying how awful it was. And um, the people I was planning on going with backed out. So I ended up not being able to go and see it. And then, uh, you know, later on, I found out it really was super terrible. So it's a no great loss.
0: No, you know, I'm really not anti-remake at all. And I, I've mentioned that in the last um, episode when we were talking about it and Pet Cemetery, but it was just so off. I thought as a film, just even as a standalone film, I thought it was really off. And and some of the of the reasons why I guess is because you have this family. You know, the the premise is the same as the original, where you have this family and a little girl gets lost in the other zone. I guess, and it's like the sister just kind of goes, oh. Too bad. And she just kind of continues doing her thing. Mm -hmm. And the mom and dad kind of have no reaction to this at all. And I kept thinking, where's their reactions? Like, like I I thought in the original, it was just so genuine, you know, the way that they kind of start cracking and laughing spontaneously or holding each other close and things like that. Like you kind of felt this very genuine family and that did not come across in the remake. At all. Plus the CGI in the original, uh, the other world was practical effects. And in this one, it was CGI and the CGI was awful. Yeah. Unless you can just watch it for free and you have nothing to do with your time, then okay. But you have a lot of movies on your list, so let's <laughs> not make this one a priority. It's, it's
1: not a priority. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, okay, so we have a last one on our list, and then we're going to talk about a couple of movies just by themselves.
1: Actually, I have I have two other ones that we didn't write down that I wanted to talk about, but we'll we'll get to those in a sec.
0: Okay, um, so a Nightmare on Elm Street. I was actually excited for this remake. I thought it was going to be a very dark Freddy. I love Freddy Krueger. Um, you know, he just got pretty silly uh, up until A New Nightmare, mm-hmm. and with the remake, I thought, okay, we're going to get a really dark Freddy. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I just, I did not enjoy the performance whatsoever. I didn't enjoy the story. I, I just didn't enjoy it.
1: I didn't enjoy it either. There were so many things not to like about it. It just didn't feel like a, a Freddy movie. Not not the kind that we'd grown to expect and enjoy at least.
0: No. And I, I think when he first talked, the voice just completely turned me off. Yeah. I mean, just from the minute I heard his voice, I thought, oh shit. <laughs> And then I also didn't like the fact that they actually went all out and made him a child molester. You know, it, it was assumed at some points, and he was a child killer. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy that they went all out and made him that.
1: He was, I mean, his story, his origin story didn't really need that,
0: I don't think. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. So what do you have?
1: Uh, so the other two movies I wanted to mention uh, were Funny Games, because I know you're a fan of both as well.
0: Are you saying as the worst?
1: For good, for good, for the good oh, side of things. Oh my God,
0: I thought this is done. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: Our friendship is done.
1: No, for the good side of things. I, I completely forgot to mention it before, but uh, I yes. love both versions of Funny Games. That's a remake done right.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's not a necessary remake um, in the terms that it adds anything to the film to the from the original. But I think it introduced a lot of horror fans to the original through the remake and the original is actually probably on my top 15 list uh, of movies I absolutely love horror or non-horror and it stars Michael Pitt and I'm a huge
1: fan. I became a huge fan of him as well after that movie. Um, I saw the original way back when I was probably like 13 or something and uh, then when I saw they remade it, um, I didn't watch it in the theaters or anything. I caught it you know after it was already released on DVD. Um, and it just blew me away at how good it was. Both him and the other guy, they both did an outstanding job. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, so if you've never seen the new funny games, I would put that at the top of your list and, and go watch it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And the original, if you haven't seen the original.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both of them are great. <laughs> Absolutely. And as for the worst list, uh, I wanted to add a medieval horror, the remake with Ryan Reynolds.
0: yeah. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the original, though, either. I've got to admit.
1: The original's not a stellar movie or anything, but it did mm-hmm. some things that hadn't really been seen at the time. And the new one, or the newer one, whatever, because I know there's been like a lot of Amityville remakes right. or sequels, or I can't even keep track of them all, but the Ryan Reynolds one is just like the biggest cliched, trope-filled movie I've ever seen. Like Everything that happens is predictable. Everything that happens is boring. It's just... It's mind-numbing to watch.
0: Yeah, it's true. And it's kind of a film that I have seen, I think, twice now, once in theater and then once at home, and I still forget that it exists. So that's probably not a good sign. Definitely not. <laughs> However, Ryan Reynolds, shirtless, so you, sweaty I do remember that.
1: You got more out of the movie than I did, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but no, I, I mean, it really is kind of a forgettable film. But like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan of the original. And and I know that a lot of people hold it kind of um, near and dear as a retro horror film. But it's just, it's not really a franchise that I'm into. That's fair. Okay, so moving on to two films that we're going to kind of discuss briefly, separately, <laughs> is Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, the first and the second. And these are probably two of the most controversial Horror remakes that we've seen—you
1: either really like them or you are vehemently against them.
0: <laughs> that's very true. I've never ha- heard anyone say they're okay. Yeah, you <laughs> either have extreme hate or you love it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's very true.
0: Okay, so let's start with the first love or hate. I love it. You do? I do too. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I, yeah, I like I, I like I, zombie. I, I, I like his directorial style. um I love Devil's Rejects. One of my favorite movies. I was very pleased to have him at the helm of this.
0: You know, I remember seeing the first one and I actually uh, went out and bought it. It was right when the second one came out and I went out and bought it really quick on DVD because I wanted to watch it before I go to the theater and watch the second one. And um, I remember watching it and thinking, Oh my God, this actually isn't bad because I really wasn't on board with the whole, you know, he's a white trash product of his environment uh, type of storyline that Hmm. they threw at him. I thought that it was really done well, though. And I loved the actors. I mean, it was cheesy. The acting wasn't great by any means. Um, but And then also Tyler Mayne as Michael. I mean, he was terrifying.
1: Yeah, he really was.
0: So what did you think about uh, giving Michael the backstory that they gave?
1: Like I said, I loved it. I thought it was interesting. You know, that's very much Zombies aesthetic. (laughs) Is like... His first album was Hellbilly Deluxe. I mean, it it totally fit with his whole idea. (laughs) And I mean, I think it it added a little bit of depth to the character. It added a little bit of a a different take on it. And uh, I I enjoyed it for the most part.
0: So what did you think about part two?
1: I didn't like it as much.
0: I I was not a fan. I I really liked the hospital um, opening. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a great kind of throwback to the original part two which, of course, takes place in a hospital. And then past that, once she gets out of the hospital, it just kind of all went to shit for me.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think that was around the time that I got kind of tired of it as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I thought that the White Horse, uh, the dream sequences, it was just too far out there. I think he was trying so hard to be artistic and different and bring this whole other element to the film that we didn't have in the first one. And he just went way too far out there.
1: Which he has a tendency to do in a lot of his films. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So our next segment is HGL Loves Indie, where we take an indie project that we love and we highlight it so our awesome listeners can go out and discover new stuff while supporting indie. So this week I'm going to highlight Dead Horizon. Dead Horizon is available on Steam and it's a 10 minute completely free game that is a point and click Western shooter. So there are a lot of bright colors, a uh, really fun soundtrack and you play a cowgirl who has to decide when to shoot these bad guys that you're facing off with. And uh or are they bad guys? You kind of don't find out until after they're dead. So, but it's really fun. It has a really uh short storyline, but um I I had a lot of fun with it. I played it a couple times through when I first installed it and I definitely recommend it.
1: Cool. Um I will add it to my list.
0: (laughs) I mean, you can't go wrong with free and it literally is 10 minutes. So yeah, it's a great way to spend,
1: to spend a few minutes. Okay. Well, if I have 10 minutes to spare, I will check it out.
0: (laughs) You have 10 minutes to spare. (laughs) And that leads us right into our weekly recommendations. Justin, what do you recommend this week?
1: I'm going to recommend my favorite book of all time. Uh, It's called House of Leaves, and it was written by Mark Z. Daniel Lewski. It's a very interesting story that's not told in the way that most stories are told. Um, It's about this family that moves into a house that's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. And they basically do a bunch of research and have people come in and try to figure out why the inside of their house is bigger than the outside of their house is. And in doing so, they accidentally find that there's this hallway that keeps growing, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's this idea of getting lost in this house with no way to get back to where you were in the beginning that is kind of the driving force of fear behind this story. Um, And they find this cavern that's built into the ground um, once they've explored the hallway a little bit. And when they go into the cavern to explore, the same sort of thing, it just continuously expands. And uh, several of the people that enter the house die gruesome deaths. Uh, Several of the people that enter the caverns experience things that are very, very terrifying um, it's one of the few books I've read that's actually bothered me to the extent that I've had to set it down and walk away and go like take a walk in the sunlight and return to it. There's two, there's two moments in the book that are so vividly terrifying that I really felt like there was something standing right behind me as I was reading it. Um, and one of the interesting things that Mark Danielewski does in this novel is that to represent what's going on in the story, he uses his words in unusual patterns So like for instance, if a character is crawling down a corridor and the corridor keeps getting smaller and smaller as they go along, the text on the page will continue to shrink closer to the center of the page until there's only like one or two words left in the middle of the page. And as you're flipping through the book, you tend to experience the uh, sense of urgency and the rapidness that you're you're crawling through this thing as something's chasing after you because the words keep getting smaller so the pages turn faster. And uh, it just creates this heightened sense of awareness and this heightened sense of fear. And uh, it's just, it's a really powerful and unusual and extremely good book. And I can't recommend it highly enough. It's my favorite thing I've ever read.
0: Oh, wow. So uh, when did this come out?
1: I believe it came out in the early 2000s. I don't have a release date for it. I should have checked mm-hmm. that before we started. But um, Mark Z. Danieluski is the author, he writes a lot of strange fiction. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I like all of his books, but uh, House of Leaves is definitely his masterpiece, and it's something that I recommend to almost anybody who asked me for a book recommendation. So awesome. definitely wanted to mention it here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you did. Um, my recommendation is another game. <laughs> um, I love games. What can I say? But uh, I had mentioned a while back that I had finished uh, Fallout New Vegas a couple of different ways. And um, after going through all of the war and bloodshed and everything else, I kind of needed a game just to kind of relax me and uh, just kind of a chill game to play at night. And so I turned to Sherlock Holmes uh, Crimes and Punishments. It was such a fun game. I played it on the Xbox One, um, but it's available for PS4, PS3, the 360 and uh, PC. And it was just a really great game, especially after kind of going from a very action-oriented game to this. It was kind of a nice break, I think, for my brain. (laughs) But um, it it was great. And, of course, it's what you expect from a Sherlock Holmes game, um, that there are these cases and you have to go around London solving the cases. And, um, and yeah, I loved it. So it was super polished. There were a few pet peeves I had with it. And the main thing was that Sherlock walks like an old lady throughout (laughs) the entire game. And I just kept picturing um, because I put it in first person view. So I just kept picturing him on his tiptoes, just walking all over. And so whenever I would get to a new area and it was a large area, I just kind of went, Oh fuck. (laughs) And, um, and then I'm like, okay, let's do this. And, Other than that, uh, there are times too where you switch to his dog, Toby, and Toby is worse than Sherlock. So (laughs) I dreaded it when they said, let's go get Toby. (laughs) I'd go, oh no, don't do this. Um, And I kind of missed fast traveling and uh, being able to walk faster. And I kept thinking about Fallout during those times. Fast
1: travels, fast travels, the best thing ever.
0: It it really is. (laughs) Um, Those are, I'm probably going to do a little write up on it because I really enjoyed it that much. But I just have to put that, that out there that um, he walks like a little lady on his tiptoes and it's mad <laughs> after a bit. But it was a lot of fun, especially if you're into mysteries.
1: It sounds like it.
0: Yeah. That wraps up our fifth episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, we'll be back next week bringing you more horror geek and gaming. For more information on our podcast, you can check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. We're also now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you can check us out at Horror Geek Life. If you'd like to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me under Horror Geek Mel.
1: And if you'd like to follow me, I'm at comicaljc on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, check out my other show, Mind Fudge Comedy. And check out my comic book, Speak No Evil, at graybearcomics.com.
0: Awesome! We'll be back next week. See you then, guys. <laughs>
1: i <laughs>